This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Hello and welcome to Conversations with the Voice of Reason. I'm your host, Benjamin Boyce, and today's conversant is Josh Moon, who is the proprietor and operator of KiwiFarms.net. KiwiFarms.net is a throwback to a particular point in internet history that prized free speech and was quite a bit more Wild West than the tamed and homogenized internet that we live in right now, or live with right now, depending on how involved you are in that internet thing. In this conversation, we talk about the history of Kiwi Farms, what role it serves in internet culture, which is not a null role, and Josh's value set with regards to free speech and his life on the lamb as he has become a target of major powerful brokers in the internet world. Josh is a great guy. There are links to his work and Kiwi Farms down in the description. If you don't know about Kiwi Farms, if you've never visited Kiwi Farms, it's quite the wild place. I suggest you look it up. And without further ado, here is Josh Moon. Hello. Hello. Hi. How's it going? Pretty good, all things considered. All things considered, huh? Yeah, do, have you followed what's happening? Because uh, if you have not, you have actually, um, the delays to getting to talk to you are uh, serendipitous because you're in a very interesting time right now. I am? We are? Yeah. We're, we're in this together? Well, now you are. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm recruiting you. Okay, wow. Knolls, Nolsec Army or something like that? That's the total retard war you drafted. <laughs> you know what? You know, I was seeing something about that. I was trying to uh, refresh myself on Kiwi Farms, and there was some lag going on a lot last night with it. On the, the site? Yeah, page could not be loaded, reload. Yeah, well, okay. So, I mean, that's the issue if you want to get right into it. Yeah. Oh, so you're under attack um, right now, again. Actually, the DDoS attack has lifted because... Um, I don't want to say anything about how I managed to do this, but I have found a way to deal with the DDoS attack very, uh, very effectively. Um, however, in response to fixing this, they did lift the DDoS attack. Cogent has null routed any um, any connections to the Kiwi farms. So, actually, I'm I'm very curious. Are you on Virgin Media, any chance? No, no. As a, uh, so, if you just go to as if you ISP? just go to kiwifarms.net, do you get redirected to .hk and it loads? Okay, let me check or it does out. not load. I'm just I'm kind of curious. I don't know. I'm on uh, Comcast, how many people... and that's it redirects me to kiwifarms.hk. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and does that, that does not load? Uh, it's loading now. Last night it was uh, it was being. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, the issue with last night was that uh, Aranet, which is a Hong Kong registrar. Um, had put a client hold on our .tw, but I managed to find a Hong Konger to translate some stuff for me, and they actually lifted that hold, so now we're, we're back in action on .tw. But I, I switched us over to .hk anyways. Okay. Yeah, it's up and down. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's uh, always something going on. Yeah, yeah always. Uh, there was a brief period where we enjoyed uh, a lot of stability, uh -huh. um, but that ended... I mean, I suppose it depends on what you want to talk about, because I can give you I whenever I talk to people, I always try to go uh, chronologically from the initial event to yeah uh, where we're at. 
Um, I'm not sure if you want to what you want to talk about in general, or if you want to go through everything, or just the Drop Kiwi Farms, or or um, whatever. Yeah. Well, I mean, I I want the audience to. I, I think you're part of internet history, so I just want to chronicle that. So, um, but for my audience's sake, it'd be nice to know a little bit about your background and what this Kiwi Farms thing is, because uh, okay. I'm sure okay. most people Do don't really the... know about. But. Very beginning. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm sort of a social misfit. I was raised in Florida. Uh, I was very heavily involved in online stuff like early 4chan and uh, other forums. Um, and the forums that I were was participatory in were influenced heavily by something awful. I was never a goon, but um, yeah. the owner of the forum, which I was active in, was a goon. So he... he, he built the rule set in his moderation style very similar to something awful. Uh, I did not know that until I was older, but that's uh, what it was. Could you help um, the audience understand what a goon is? And, and something awful I, was a early web forum. So, something awful is a traditional web forum. Yeah, yeah it, it was, um, unless you were around for the early internet, it's very hard to explain this succinctly. Yeah. But it was just sort of like a early blog where a couple, back in the day, you know, the biggest websites on the internet were these tech-savvy young guys fresh out of you know MIT and other tech schools. And they just put up blogs on the internet because they knew how. And they said, you know, this is what we feel about this dumb shit that we're talking about. And yeah. it was a huge success. And there were lots of early internet blogs uh, similar to that. And um Something Awful is mostly known now for its forum. So uh, Low Tax, rest in peace, uh, peace be upon him, uh, <laughs> um, built a forum to complement his blog and his writings. But the, the forum ended up becoming more successful than the blog uh, over time. And it had a very um, laissez-faire attitude to moderation, very hands-off approach for a very long time. Um, it had every board had its own culture and they were all into video games and stuff. So yeah, the video game forums that I were, I was active in were similar traditional web, web forums built by goons who had a uh, similar mentality to low techs. Okay. Anything goes. Yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah. Like back in the day, they had these things called like um, a hell thread and a hell thread was basically just, you could post uh, docs, personal information about users on the forum. And that was a, a breeding ground for a lot of people who are very influential to this day. Uh, they try to cover up their history on something awful, but I know it. Oh, really? Okay. And so, um, when you got on the scene, what kind? Of, what was the culture? What was the? Um, what was it? What was it about this that was interesting to you? Uh, so, if you're referring to the forum directly, the forum as it exists today is kind of a contemporaneous form of the forum. Originally, what it was is that through my other experiences to internet culture, I learned of something called the Quickie, uh, which was a Wikipedia-style website dedicated entirely to one person named Christian Weston Chandler. Chris is still around. I think most people who know him will know him because he was uh, arrested two years ago for having sex with his mother. Yeah, uh, potentially against her will. So that's a really crazy story. Impossible to touch on it. Um, there's literally hundreds of hours of documentaries about Chris on the uh, thing. Yeah. So there was a wiki dedicated to him. And there was a lot of discussion about Chris. And um, they took it to the talk pages of this wiki. The administrators of this wiki did not appreciate that. So they created a forum for the wiki called the Quickie Forums. Um, this was hosted for a couple of years by different people. Um, 
And then they started having hosting problems because when people got angry for whatever, they got banned, they would start harassing providers and they would get kicked off. And I had the genius idea. I told them, I will make sure uh, this website does not go offline because they were using free providers. I'll rent a VPS. I'll install a forum software myself. I'll self-manage everything. And we won't have any more issues with hosting ever again. Okay. Um, so, so I took over the site basically in 2013. Why would, why would you do that? Um, so because I had been active in forums for a while, yeah. I, uh, I had just started my career in web development and I was interested in running a real project. Yeah. Um, I liked okay. forums and I said, you know, running a forum, a small web forum of a couple dozen people talking about Christian seemed like a lot of fun. Okay. And it was really just a couple dozen people. It was, it was a very small number of people. Yeah. Like it's, less than a hundred active users. So Chris Chan is kind of the archetypal lol cow is that yes that's the he is he is the origin of the term yeah um so a, a locale as the name implies is somebody who can be milked for laughs yeah so chris is the best example of that because he uh, had autism he was very gullible gullible as a person and more importantly i think he was willing to believe anything that anyone told him that he liked so if it was flattering to him uh, he would be very willing to believe what people told him so he was very easily duped into to sagas they called them or uh plots that had like a narrative structure to him we're going to do this and then we're going to get chris involved this way we're going to have chris do xyz it'll be funny and then it'll blow up in his face and that's okay. what they did over and over again okay um so that was the archetype of a, a locale so and there's different uh levels to this so there's chris himself and then you know and his issues and what's going on and then there's the people who are manipulating him and then there are the people who are documenting them documenting this and then there are the people who are kind of just the audience right uh yeah yeah that's about right and so yeah, what, there, what's there's the... chris himself the trolls um yeah the the quickie people the people who actually actively you know archive stuff and then you have the lurkers who just read yeah yeah and so but that that's kind of like uh that's kind of an internet subculture then to focus on a real life person and to document their exploits or to be uh you know to to be trolling an individual uh, for sure. Um, it's kind of, I, I've noticed now that people will refer to this kind of thing as cringe culture. Um, so oh. I think that many people would, would recognize that as a, yeah. as a concept, as a familiar concept. It is very related. Uh, cringe culture is more passing. Like someone posted a video and that got circulated around and people yeah. cringed at that. Um, whereas you have the true connoisseurs who go down to the source and that's like the local <laughs> stuff is when okay. there's one person who you do actively follow. And, you know, a lot of people are former fans. Like you have huge, huge entertainers who have millions of subscribers that, you know, people talk about for thousands of pages, yeah. um, who used to be former fans, but then they got scorned for whatever reason. They said, I, I didn't like it when I started doing this. And now they kind of feel like they're in decline and just are along for the ride. Okay. And, uh, so on uh, a couple of years ago, uh, this Twitter account, Libs of TikTok, uh, started taking off and took the cringe culture concept and then applied a, uh, I guess a political frame to it. So it, it's become a part of our politics, like a, a really big part of politics. It's part of Twitter um, to host and to share these really cringe videos of the other side. I guess that's always been, I, I remember in the Obama area, you know. Um, 
people would sorry give fun. me one second i have to take a call or okay. look at something yep i, I apologize uh sorry yeah that really took me off guard um but no i, I remember what you're saying you're talking about uh, chaya and little bit tiktok yeah i would actually say that's a really fair assessment um that yeah because the cringe culture stuff is a is a source of entertainment and entertainment is one of the most powerful things in the world um people there's a there's a group of people who are addicted to the drama and the stresses of politics um but i would say that everyone loves to be entertained uh and and if you can make your political movement the fun one the funny one uh, it's very attractive to people you'll gain momentum you'll gain supporters you'll benefit financially and uh ultimately you will achieve your political goals if the people on your side um are you know gallivanting and, and having a good time while they do what they what you want them to yeah so i was just it was it's just novel because uh the, this dark murky kind of internet subculture is now mainstreamed it's just become a part of the internet for one reason or another and there is a political aspect to or and by political i mean there's there's a way of gaining power and maintaining your power through the use of this um uh, this um, in a way, producing I, I, let me. When I to be clear, I am I I do not try and use my website to achieve any real world political gains. I have no. I I just don't care. Many people do, hmm. um, and that's why both the left and the right accuse us of being what um, they have referred to as info laundering, which I think is a fascinating concept. Hmm. Um, that I don't actively endorse but i've seen both the right and the left say this that basically people will find information about somebody and then instead of using that information directly themselves to instigate a conflict they will post on the kiwi farms it'll yeah. spread out organically and then they have to deal with like a grassroots uh um controversy over something that somebody found so they do i'm sure they do do that um but i, yeah. I consider that fair game if something is true and something is embarrassing and, and compromises somebody's values, I see no reason why someone shouldn't be able to share that on the internet. Yeah. But there's something about Kiwi Farms, I guess. Um, so how did it start to take off then? Because it becomes politically salient. I mean, you know, what Mar Marjorie Taylor Greene went after you guys, and there's the whole Keffels situation. So I mean, yes. you guys are embattled. Um, you become pol this political uh, hot potato. I Kind of to thing, be clear, eventually. against both the left and the right, uh, yeah. people on both sides hate us. Yeah, um, and that, and it, it's unfortunate. Um, you know, people think of like Switzerland as a very neutral country, but when you're neutral, it, it also means that you don't have allies. So mm -hmm. I can't ever call upon the forces of some you know external community, because necessarily, in order to do that, I would have to benefit them in some way, and uh, they. I just don't censor the website. I have no inclination to. If I like somebody, I, as a user, might comment. Like, I think that, you know, people are taking something too seriously. But, you know, my opinion on something is not yeah. necessarily what everyone will agree with. Uh, oftentimes, people really hate my opinions on stuff. <laughs> I saw them going after you on something or another. Well, I was browsing. Uh, it was the cheese. Oh my God! Americans can't take that they have bad cheese. <laughs> <laughs> Some actually angered people. I made a I made a, a joke about how Americans just have Velveeta and cheddar cheese, and, and people got really genuinely upset with me about that. But <laughs> that's a great example of how my community is like a herd of cats. They're not really they're there. Yeah. Um, they participate, but they're not. 
minions. They're not like my my army. So, so if to get it straight, it began with Chris Chan, and yeah. just kind of protecting that. Uh, I guess that thread or or the, that uh, reservoir. Just that little community. Of yeah. That, okay. But then, of course, people. Um, they had a for some reason people didn't want to host that and why because it was what mean trollish oh, doxy what what was it was just that people were a burden um for instance the last people who got the they, they were hosting okay there's several factors but one of them was that it was a free forum so they're not paying any money for their hosting to begin with so if someone starts complaining and harassing the free host they're not gonna they're not inclined to do anything for you okay. and then the second thing is is that if they do kick you off um, they take all the content with them. So all those threads you made, all those posts, all the archives so important to documenting Chris are gone. Um, and that was unacceptable. So even when we get deplatformed, the site has been contiguous uh, since I've started hosting it. I've never lost um, – if I've lost data, it's been a couple of days at a time. You know, I have backups everywhere. So hmm. um, that's a huge benefit to self-hosting. But the real issue is that, you know, Chris attracts crazy people. The whole thing attracts you know, fucking nut jobs. Yeah. So they start harassing the host. The host takes it down. And it doesn't have to be for like any really heinous reason. They can just make up shit. They can, you know, say this is cyberbullying. And that's usually good enough for yeah. a lot of small companies. Um, they, do, they just don't want companies cannot be asked to deal with things that a government might have to tolerate by law. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so it took off noble... because we added more people to it. What do you mean you added more people? Uh, we added um, the big breaking point was a, a group called Deagle Nation, and they actually turned out to be fake. Um, they were a, like a sketch group associated with MD, who uh, is Sam Hyde's group. So okay. uh, for all the fish tank people out there, uh, MDE's uh, one of MDE's associates was an admin for a while because he was uh, involved in Deagle Nation. But this attracted a lot of people to talk about the uh, the stuff, and in particular because at some point 4chan decided that Chris Chan stuff and any eSlub stuff was not allowed. Oh. Okay. So, yeah, if you try to make a thread about Chris right now in B, which is where Chris really took off, um, they will actually delete that. If you try to talk about any number of, of individuals um, – that are like considered low tier, I think the mods will just delete that. So one of the big things mm. that actually contributed to the forum taking off was that for many years, we were actually the only website that you could talk about and still are for a, a large number of things. We were the only place that you could talk. So it's not like I'm, you know, a mastermind or it's not like my traditional web forum is some, breaking of convention that attracts a blue ocean of you know users it's yeah. that i you have no choice i have a monopoly on on certain kinds of gossip and if you yeah. want to talk about some people you you will talk about it on the kiwi farms or you won't talk about it anywhere yeah and so it, it just kind of snowballs from christian yes. to all these other uh you started dropping a bunch of like uh, very obscure names like fish tank and Sam Hyde is not that obscure. Well, that's, not, that's, a, that's a contemporary thing. Sam Hyde, everyone knows, but it was Deagle Nation was, I mean, I mean their, Deagle Nation was like a thing that came and went, but it was very funny when it happened. Uh, yeah. And they're, they're huh. just little people who ran DeviantArt accounts that were funny because it was like weird shit and people yeah. wanted to talk about them. Uh, the talking about larger and larger people was a thing over time because it's like who gets to decide who is worth talking about or not. And I'll be right back one second. Okay. So one thing that you, uh, what 
one person, I guess, realizes when going to Kiwi Farms. And I, I guess I went, I discovered it back when Jonathan Eneve or Jessica Yanev, Eneve, yeah. Yanev, uh was uh, in ascendancy of being like just a completely just cringe individual. That's such a fucked up story. Can I rant about that? Yeah. Jonathan Yanev. Uh, who now everybody knows as the crazy weirdo who sued eight women, sued, quote unquote, complained to the Human Rights Tribunal in British Columbia about for not waxing his balls. Everyone knows that story. That story was buried hard for months. He was um, he is friends with the co-founder of Twitter. And anybody talking about him on Twitter was banned immediately. There was no discussion about him allowed. Um, he was able to get. Okay, so here's an example. My family endures a lot of shit because of me. Sorry, I don't talk to them. Uh, but people would use WordPress.com to host blogs, calling everybody in my family the worst shit you can imagine. And WordPress will never take that down. WordPress actually has a really strong pro-free speech uh, stance um, hmm. beyond a lot of websites. But people that were established feminists who had a like a um, like a body of work that that indicates that they're a real person who is actually not trying to harass anyone is just doing their job we're writing about yanov and wordpress banned them they banned you know he had these very sturdy websites censoring people talking about yanov because he had tech connections and um it was not until um i, I can't remember their name they're, but they're like a, a journalist thing eventually it broke out and one of the other things is i did a stream on yanov he managed i i did a i put up a stream buffer on youtube and i said uh jessica i didn't dead name or, or anything i just said jessica yanov uh and i i got people ready to to do a little stream hoping to do like a, a little live stream expose thing and it was taken down and i got a strike for harassment before it even started yeah. so just the threat he somehow had people in YouTube to take down live streams before they started. It was crazy. And yeah. this guy, you know, people talked about how gross he was and stuff. Everyone has forgotten how tightly Silicon Valley wrapped around this guy mm -hmm. before it broke into the mainstream and everyone distanced themselves from it. He, he had his thumb on the pulse and was able to do whatever he wanted. Yeah. Um, and it, it, it wasn't until his, his various lawsuits um, came about that broke through that uh, people were able to actually start talking about him, yeah, and he became too much of a liability. But that yeah. that that stuff that still makes my blood boil. He got he did so much damage before he went. What in he kept getting coddled and enabled to do shit, and he fucked with eight different people and threatened their livelihoods. You know, so they all went out of business. I'm pretty sure, yeah. and and constantly enabled by Silicon Valley to do what he did. Yeah, he's a really interesting character. I before he went trans he uh i was I, I was doing research on him and he had this google account where he would review subways all throughout like canada <laughs> and write all these write-ups about subway for some reason it was really weird and and then he had like some weird kind of vogel vibes too around uh young girls and stuff like that so it was just really yeah 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 he was like trying involving himself and in trying to um get access to like these women's like little girls tour groups for like the, the girl scouts in Canada and stuff. It, it was yeah. creepy. He also yeah. had a blog for um, reviewing sex toys too. That was the other thing. Yeah. Yeah. Which is okay. Yeah. Very interesting uh -huh. guy. Um, yeah. Totally mental. And prison. Yeah. Now? No. Um, 
He just kind of got ran out. So, so after he lost the favor of the media, um, and all these journalists started using the kiwi farms to harvest, like this information stuff that we had was being one to one copied. Nobody ever criticized us. That's fine. I, I'm used to it by now. Okay. Um, huh. but it's like you know they started using it because I was. I mean, this guy's a, a threat. I'm just happy to see him finally get dealt with. Uh, but yeah, he's, he, you know, the journalists keep coming to his house and he starts swinging at them and stuff. So he's copped like several assault charges and battery and his, uh, his insane mother is like a first generation Israeli immigrant and is like, tr- like threatened people off of a uh, motor scooter and stuff. It's, it's nuts. Like the yeah. whole story is it's yeah. white trash. Yeah. Yeah. Like television, like Jerry Springer. Yeah. And so Kiwi Farms, that's how I found you guys, because I think you did a stream, and we were just working on the same story, I think. And I go I go to this forum, and there's this language that, that's being used here, and you get, this, you get this feeling that you're kind of, not in verboten territory, but you're able to say things and to broach topics that you're not allowed to talk about anywhere else. And it's really interesting, because it can be kind of on the surface, kind of uh, rude and crass and mean. And you wouldn't think that, you know, these really polite, and, and it turns out that a lot of these really polite women, these uh, gender critical women, the TERFs so-called, were using Kiwi Farms because that was the only place where they could share information too. So you have all these different people that's way beyond just this forum about Chris Chan. It's like the only place where concerned citizens can actually talk about threats and, and discuss things um, that, that are important um, and that yeah, aren't uh, allowed to be talked about on Twitter for one reason or another. The weirdest thing that we've managed to, to get is a pretty large like turf following. Mm-hmm. And that is because the transgender stuff was so shut down everywhere like mums mums in the uk were getting their facebook accounts banned because they would show a picture of a a man in a dress being sexually perverse and saying i'm not comfortable with this this makes me feel endangered and they would get banned for it yeah so like the, the transgender stuff has radicalized you know thousands of people into being much more um tolerant of certain kinds of speech than they ever would have been normally uh, if they had not been subjected to top-down bureaucratic technocratic censorship themselves what's your perspective on that and how i mean as the internet has developed from the wild west to uh like just this corporate kind of a gated uh, gated it's a walled garden it's, yeah, it's uh, it's disgusting. I hate it. Um, I have absolute and total contempt for everybody in Silicon Valley in California. I think that this is, we have taken a golden era of mankind that that basically ended the Cold War when people from Russia and the United States could start sending messages to each other online. Like you can't you can't hold guns at each other's heads and do that at the same time. Huh. And there was the '90s, and you had um, for the most part in developing in, in Western countries, you had all this you know development and, and peace and prosperity and in the 2000s um they realized how incredibly threatening the, i think it was, it was very specifically there's something called project chainology where people organized to protest the um the the banks and the one percent and all that stuff all that mm-hmm. the one percent meme came about from chainology and you just had these people amassing in the streets to try and rest back some of the wealth that had accumulated at the very top of the country and and I correctly identified how 
the financial system of this country is organized in such a way that it's completely privately controlled to the detriment of the American people in a way that allows uh, financial censorship and restraint to compel and censor in a way that the government cannot. Mm. It's it's a really scary apparatus that has been built. And people started to protest that. And I think the CIA, this is my schizo theory, I think the CIA figured out how to fizzle out um, decentralized headless movements like the Project Chainology. Because anybody who is involved in Project Chainology um, will tell you that the protest started to die because you would have these agitators in the crowd who would bring up, wait a second, we can't just talk about taking from the ultra mega rich who have billions of dollars of assets while we can't pay our bills. We also have to talk about uh, equity and inclusiveness and reparations for minority groups. And when you are in a, a part of a movement that's fragmented like that, it just dies. So yeah. I think at a certain point, the government realized the value of one controlling the internet because people were grassroots organizing very scary things like uh, ending the Fed. And then two, they realized that um, orga de decentralized organizations could be effectively split uh, through through gender and racial issues. And with the transgender stuff, they've <laughs> it's wholesale fabricated. Twenty Prior to 2014, this barely existed. It was like a drag, underground drag things for, for gay men to enjoy in private uh, and sometimes do little parades and that's fine, whatever. Uh, but now it's like a, a whole new thing to divide people over. So now, you know, you see all this media and I'm thankful that people are talking about the censorship and stuff, but it is kind of remarkable how detach the transgender stuff is from anything that was oppressing that still is a pressing issue that existed in like 2008 yeah so effectively any kind of political change that you would want would have wanted to enact in 2008 still exists but is now completely dwarfed by the schisms and ideology about about gender and stuff and race yeah no. yeah then it goes back and forth between race and then goes to gender yeah and, and, and nothing gets done and, yeah that's, yeah it's crazy yeah so why do you think that the transgender phenomena, um, from your point of view, was so disruptive to the, to the point where people who claim a transgender ideology have an outsized amount of power? Um, and some of your biggest enemies, or one of your biggest enemies, where a lot of like, the news coverage from last year comes from, is, is kind of like you in this pitched battle with this... Uh, I think that transgenderism um, is is more likely to affect people who have uh, two two qualities, two traits. Uh, number one, I think that the autistic are s severely more inclined to be transgender because I think that as autism impacts you know mostly your social awareness, you don't really understand gender roles or anything, and you might feel better doing one thing and have mm. absolutely no regard for why it's done the other way and as long as it feels better to you then if you're autistic you know you probably just preferred that now the other thing is i think that with the and this is something that i have developed as an opinion more over time i was very hesitant towards it early on but i really am starting to think that pornography is so pervasive and i especially to some people it is like a genuine physiological addiction to being in a state of arousal and they just look at porn hours a day and they lose days of their lives to this, to, yeah. to, to masturbating endlessly. And that sounds like a joke, sounds like a, a skit, but there are people who are like that. And when you do that, um, 
you know, you, you have to find new sources of arousal. And I think one of them is um, as, as porn becomes more misogynistic and people are attracted to rape and other kinds of, of uh, fantasies to, to first satiate that interest in, in porn that they're going down. What happens then is that they start to see women as a subhuman class and then that becomes internalized. They say, wow, women really are trash and I enjoy seeing them humiliated, but I've already seen that for hundreds of hours now. So now maybe I can only live that vicariously. If I become the woman, then I can become as a, a bimbo. I can become an object and that is arousal. And there are, if that sounds insane, they have written articles <laughs> saying this exact thing. I didn't discover my trans identity until there's one that goes literally like this. I did not discover that my trans identity without the help of porn. And then I realized that to be a woman is to be fucked. Like that's a word for word quote. So mm -hmm. I'm really convinced that it's autistic people and especially autistic people who have, um, inundated themselves with pornography that has turned them into a humiliation fetishist and they see being a woman as the most humiliating possible thing imaginable well i don't know about the humiliation part with the rochowski brothers one of them transitioned and said directly that it was watching uh, transgender porn that um something about self-expression and authenticity and well that's I, the, I, that's the cover-up i'm sure that i'm right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's how do you how do you go out in public and say yeah i just see women as holes and i think that being a hole is is really embarrassing that turns me on but no obviously you're going to say well i think that it's a it's a matter of uh, expressing their true self isn't it yeah. yeah and so why do you think that of all of why, why do you think that the transgender phenomena has so much power in the elite sphere or in Silicon Valley? Why, why do you think that that because is one vector who of control? is autistic? The tech bros. Who control the internet? The tech bros. So you have, you have an entire generation of incredibly important tech workers who are in the upper stratas of Silicon Valley, who are at the... the and you, with the technology, the way that it is, is that fewer and fewer people, especially with machine learning coming in, fewer and fewer people control more and more of what people see. You need fewer bodies controlling millions and millions of connections on the internet. And, and you know, with especially with all, like if you compare, if you look up how many websites existed in, in the 2000s, in the 2010s, mm. the mid 2010s, and now it went from thousands of websites occupying half of all internet attention down to like 12 owned yeah. by four different companies. So yeah. if you are a high up trust and safety advisor at Facebook, you you personally control millions and millions and millions and millions of people indirectly. And if you say, you know, uh, I'm trans or I'm friends with trans people and we really have to tr stop this stuff. And also it looks great for our, um, our diversity and equity and inclusion yeah. score that BlackRock is giving us money for because we're publicly traded as face. You know, that becomes very persuasive. Yeah. So it is, I think it is the, the, the autism thing. You know, people who are autistic think abstractly and they thrive in environments where they can sit down and interface with something like a computer. They end up naturally uh, occupying these spots. And then when they are not working, what are they doing? Well, they're gooning eight hours a day to, to weird rape porn. And then they become transgender. <laughs> and then suddenly um, everyone has to play along with their fantasy. And if you don't, well... I am the top uh, trust and safety advisor at Facebook and mm -hmm. go fuck yourself. You're banned. Mm -hmm. 
So, you know, I've, I've been studying um, the influence of the Internet on uh, this generation, I guess, Gen Z or whatever, um, just the hyper online set. And it's you could say, you know, the Internet's a net negative. You could point to all these negative effects. But reality is it's millions and millions of people who grew up in the Internet and on the Internet. And you're one of them. How do you think it's affected you? And what are the... What are the ben- the benefits and the detriments that it has had in general for for you? And do you, do you well, think about it would, that? It would be impossible for me to describe what I would be like if I had you know yeah. a a lesser because I I was online at nine. Yeah. I was playing Neopets and RuneScape at nine years old. Yeah, I started posting on 4chan you know when I was a freshman in high school. So yeah, I um. It, it it would be literally impossible for me to describe. And that's where all my friends were when I was a teenager. That's where my first you know girlfriends were when I was a teenager. Mm. It's like it would be in, literally I would be a completely different person without the internet. Yeah. Uh, it would be in, indescribable. Um, as far as the negative consequences, so there's a book um, by a doctor. His name is Doctor Theodore John Kaczynski. Uh, he wrote a book called Industrial uh, Society and Its Future. Um, And he opens the book by saying the Industrial Revolution and its consequences have been a disaster for the human race. Uh, It may sound like a joke to to recommend this book, Hmm. um, Industrial Society in its Future by Dr. Theodore Kaczynski. Uh, But it's a a great book. And it's very interesting because um, Ted Kaczynski was almost transgender. This was back in the 80s. So this guy was way ahead of his time. Hmm. He he was a a professor. He taught um, engineering or mathematics. Yeah, and so he's probably a little bit autistic, yep. and um, he, yeah. So he had like a, and he had an issue. He sought therapists, and they sent him to one of the first transgender clinics in the world in Colorado, and he went there and he saw the transgenders around him, and it filled him with a genuine disgust and anger, and he left the clinic, and he became the Unabomber, um, and his writings uh, talk about how. As a professor in academics, he was uh, exposed to some of the worst in humanity. He had absolute contempt for for um, for what we could now call the cathedral, which is the melding of government interest, private interest, and the university um, yeah. educational systems. Yeah. Um, not to get off on a huge tangent, but basically his point was that humans now more than ever are socialized, and he calls them over-socialized, and we are so dependent on making sure that other people approve of what we think that it hampers our, our mental health and drives us to do crazy things. And in his case, um, he almost uh, went through with uh, transitioning. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's a very, it's a very, very interesting book. I can't even summarize it. Wait, does he talk you'll... about this he, in, in the book? Yes. He, he speaks yes. about the transgender aspect. Yes. Uh, I believe it was industrial setting in the future where he talks about that in brief. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's, it, it if you read it, you will be shocked because he wrote it like in the eighties. Right. So you're, you're reading this, you're thinking, how is this so applicable to today? And it's, it's just because it's the same game plan. It's just a little bit further down the road. Yeah. Um, but in his opinion, which I share, um, the, the nature of the internet has fundamentally changed what things we as people value. We don't value, um, the independence anymore. We don't value self-sufficiency anymore. We instead value attention on TikTok yeah, and stuff. And it's a, 
Yeah, and a pr- group approval. And what's the group? The group approval when the platforms are three of platforms owned by the same companies, and they all operate under the same playbook. You can change what group approval is, and group mm-hmm. approval is transitioning, which is why when you go on TikTok, you see you know young girls showing off their mastectomy scars and retweeting each other and liking each other because that's what's hip and trendy. That's what was made uh, cool. Yeah. So how have you navigated that? hypersocialization because it's not all just one side it's not all just coomers and then um tumblerinas uh you know the, there's also the the channies you know the 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 4chan stuff there's there's uh the the counterculture the edgy stuff there's ways of of resisting hypersocialization i guess by hacking it into being like the out group <laughs> yeah right. well i mean let, let me let me put it this way um, there was a brief period of time, a couple weeks, I think one or two weeks, where my forum was down completely. Uh, because what had happened is, is I was, I had thought ISPs, these tier one ISPs would not censor ever. So I plugged my backend computer into a tier one ISP that had DDoS filtering that I was paying $2,000 a month for. And I plugged into the internet and that was how I accessed that server was through that ISP. I didn't have a backup backdoor to the server. So when um, Blake Willis of Zeo Paris, at the request of Liz Fung Jones, instructed or suggested to his company that they terminate service to us, and they did overnight on a Sunday, on a weekend, um, without talking to me at all, um, I no longer had access to my computers. So I had to wait a week to restore access, um, get a backup line going in, um, eventually move it. And uh, during that time, I did not have the Kiwi Farms for the first time in 10 years. And I ventured back out, uh, blinking into the sun (laughs) of the internet. And I went to Twitter and I went to 4chan and I went to all these other social media sites and I was uh, disgusted. I was filled with contempt and anger and vitriol at how um, juvenile and and stupid everything is. I've managed to to avoid group approval by uh, accidentally insulating myself from the platforms most people use i never realized it until i couldn't use my own site hmm. and i realized I, I would never ever if i lost the kiwi farms i would just have to unplug everything and become a farmer and never go online again because i hate it huh but you still you're still online it's just your own online um when i'm online i am almost always programming or using the forum or I'll play a video game or something occasionally. I'll play a very simple game that's like offline or is old school. Like I've been recently when I have 30 minutes and I want to just unwind and not think I'll go play deathmatch in CSGO Mm. to give you an idea of how exciting that is. You spawn, (laughs) you have a gun in your hand, you walk until you see someone, you shoot them and then you get shot in the back of the head and you respawn. That's it. That's it's not a complicated game. There's no socialization. Sometimes a Russian kid yells at you if you're lucky. Um, (laughs) And Victoria three is just offline. It's just building Mm. stuff. And Mm. but yeah, uh, the most, I I mean, I use, I use Twitter now because Elon Musk peace be upon him has allowed me to have a Twitter account for the first time in years, like literally over half a decade. So now I get to zeet. I'm zeeting at people. I'm (laughs) aggressively zeeting. I'm uh, waiting to be banned again for my zeets, but yeah. Uh, 
yeah, even then I'm still in my bubble, you know, I still yeah, well, got mostly my people. What, what do you, if you feel comfortable venturing into a prognostication or, or looking into the future, what, where, where do you think the internet is headed? Uh, total collapse. So I make a distinction between two kinds of things. Um, I recently, and I consider this something that is insidious beyond what is recognized on its face. Uh, the AP style guideline changed the spelling of the internet. You'll may, you'll notice that on a lot of websites now, the internet is a lowercase word. Yeah. And if you were educated at the same time I was, you would know that the internet is a proper case noun because it is one thing. It's the network of ne it's not just a network of networks, which is an, an internet. Anytime two networks connect, that makes an internet. The internet is one thing that spans the globe. It reaches the space. It goes to Antarctica. It's spread across the undersea, you know, in the Atlantic Ocean. It's everywhere. It's in the, the air, literally. Yeah. Um, that is the internet, and it's a proper noun. It's one thing. But they have changed it so that now it's a lowercase noun, so that there is a distinction. There, that distinction doesn't exist. What I see hmm. is that you're going to see a breakdown of the internet into smaller internets, um, which you already see in China. China and, and uh, North Korea enjoy an internet together that nobody else can access. Russia has experimented cutting off the internet to create the Russian internet. And then you'll probably see an African, because you know, Afra, um, they have their own union. So you might see an African union internet. You might see a uh, American internet. And then you might see an EU internet where they can tightly regulate mm. what's online together. And then the only communications between these internets will be on the vestigial remains of the internet. And it will be like in China, regulated. You'll have to have a business license. Uh. You'll have to be able to submit to searches. And it will just be connections from business to business. It will not be... Uh, John Doe and Ivan Ivanov talking to each other in CSGO anymore. Yeah. And it, it sounds like, are you ambivalent about that? Uh, no, I hate it. Because yeah. like I said, in the 90s, we had achieved a level of human peace that was never seen in human history because we we could talk to each other we could talk to each other yeah and we you know we, we could relate to each other and share culture and stuff and now it's like it's 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 completely breaking down um and it was also a time where you know and like i said zuckerberg and um tom from myspace they were just guys that set up a website and they yeah. they literally changed the world with it and that will be taken from people. The way that the internet is now, it you can't just become some guy and set up whatever you want on the internet. They're taking that away yeah. from people so that the only way you can set a foot down is if you have angel investments ready to go. Yeah. So do you, it feels like your project is kind of... Uh, it has a political, not a political valence, but it's got, you're kind of standing up for something, right? And you keep on getting kicked around. You keep on moving around. You're trying to hold on or preserve something that is rapidly going out of fashion or rapidly becoming um, just inconvenient to power. Yeah. I mean, in a way, yeah. I mean, it is just like, my website is legal. You know what it would what it would take for me to probably close down the site is if I just got like a, a letter 
from some spooky agency delivered by men in black and said uh we are going to fucking ruin you and everything that you know and love unless you shut this down i'll probably shut it down then but yeah. the thing is is that I, it's it's legal i don't people complain about all sorts of shit on the site harassment doxing so on and so forth get a court order if it's if it's actually legal go to the police say this is online it's posted by this guy it's not posted by the site owner but it's on this website i would like to take it down and then if you can get a court order i will take it down i won't even make a big stink about it and say like oh this got taken down like if it is a genuine infringement of law yeah i have no issue taking it down what infuriates me is that these fucking companies these privately owned companies controlled by a, a board think that they get to decide what people can and can't say. And this is intentional because in the same way that the banks exist as a private entity to allow um, action that would not be permitted by the Constitution, the centralizing and um, top-down control of the Internet is the exact same thing. Like Because then you say, oh, it's just a private company. It's just cogent. It's just one of the most powerful ISPs to ever exist in human history. You know, it's like it's, it's, it's only a, a multi-billion dollar company owned by a man out of Washington, D.C., you know, hmm. they get to do whatever they want. And, and that's deliberate because it allows them to take things down. And most people are not me. Most people are not going to be like, I'm doing nothing wrong. I don't care if you go after family. I don't care if you go after me. I don't care if I get the bank. I don't care if I can not work a regular job. I don't care if I have to sell cryptocurrency to a, um, to a man in a commie block every week to get cash <laughs> to buy groceries. I don't care. Like Sheesh. that is... Huh. Yeah, it's it's like I'm willing to do whatever it takes to defend my rights. Yeah. And most people aren't. Most people will hit that first hurdle and be like this is not worth it. And yeah. they'll they'll go away and that's what they want. They don't want someone screaming total retard war at the top of their lungs and spamming <laughs> Twitter with how to file abuse reports to cogent. They don't want that. What is the total retard war? So, cogent most power, one of the largest ISPs in the entire world owns probably millions of miles of fiber optic at this point. They, they own a lot of the internet, the essential backbone to how we communicate. Because when you connect to the internet, many people will wrongly assume that they connect to, I don't know, their, their local county ISP, and then they're on the internet. They just plug their, uh, the, the ISP just plugs them into the internet, and then they're on the internet. That's not how it works. Your ISPs have an ISP, and what usually happens is that you end up connected, except in extreme situations, like maybe your local ISP, you're sending a, an email to a, a local uh, server that's in a different county. Your ISP might have a direct connection to that ISP, and then it hits your server. Not usually what happens. Usually what happens is that it goes to a tier one ISP, and it transits around the world, around the country, whatever, and then it lands to the destination ISP. Mm-hmm. Cogent, one of the most powerful tier one ISPs in the entire world, um, has decided that I personally can go fuck myself. Oh. And I, I strongly suspect that Dave Schaefer, CEO of Cogent, personally hates me. And the reason why I believe this is because Cogent behaves in a way that I've never seen and nobody has ever heard of before. What they are doing is they are tracking my, um, my website and they're looking to the records that I post for IP addresses. So without getting technical, I have to put out IPs that you connect to to access the website. Mm -hmm. Cogent is what connects two IPs together. They see that my records change, that those new IPs are there. 
they will go through and they will do what's called a null routing to that IP. Even if it's not my IP, like my company, I have IPs. If I'm renting an IP, they still block it. Hmm. They block it very quickly. That's unusual. Usually an ISP is not blocking an IP for abuse. Even if it's child pornography, even if it's a DDoS attack, even if it's really awful, wretched shit, it will take them weeks to respond to genuine concerns hmm. um, because otherwise DDoS attacks wouldn't exist. If DDoS attacks could be uh, were being fought by ISPs, they would not exist. So those serious technical issues and legal issues uh, get handled with due time. Yeah. When I change my records, Cogen blocks them immediately within hours, huh. every time. doesn't matter who I'm with, they get blocked. And usually what happens is, I'll switch to a new provider and then Cogent sends in the alert to my provider and says, take them down now. And if they don't, it gets blocked. Um, that's what happened with um, Sykes. Sykes is one of the largest DDoS providers in the U.S. Uh, Cogent told them, knock the shit off, get rid of these guys now. And even though I wasn't directly with Sykes, they told my provider that offered DDoS protection. Uh, Cogent says, you got you to gotta tell this guy to fuck off. Um, never happened before in human history. This has never, ever been the case where an ISP will chase down a U.S. legal website and tell every provider at every rung, you have to remove this guy. Uh-huh. And then al- also, um, let's say that they don't. Let's say that they say, yeah, you know what? We looked at it and it's fine. Well, now it's null routed. So one of the providers I have right now has several tier one ISPs. So they have Cogent and they also have a, a bunch of other good ones. Um, so if you coincidentally are using an IP from a position that your ISP, for instance, only has Cogent as their tier one ISP, which is a thing. A lot of the small ISPs only have one upstream, which might be Cogent. You cannot connect to my website. Cogent has told you that you as a customer are not allowed to access this website hmm. because Dave Schaefer, CEO of Cogent, uh, uh, stock ticker CCOI, has said... You can't do this. They made that decision for you. And it was the case with several other ISPs before. During the height of Drop Kiwi Farms, they managed to get a century link to block their customers from accessing the site. Um, and complaints to the FCC undid that. But with Cogent, it's harder because it's not a big ISP like CenturyLink where you can directly complain to them and say, uh, I'm paying for my fucking internet service. Mm-hmm. Why are you not connecting me to this website? Yeah. Cogent is your ISP's ISP. So you have to complain to your ISP. You have to, number one, have the technical know-how to identify that you cannot connect to the Kiwi Farms, which is down half the time anyways, because Cogent is blocking you. Number two, you, um, then you have to contact your ISP and then explain to that person that you are 100% sure that it's because Cogent is blocking your connection, yeah. which they won't understand because they're a random tech guy and they don't know this stuff. Nobody does. And then you have to get that ISP to tell Cogent to knock it off. That's really hard. That is a hard ass. You have to give someone a crash course on BGP low-level networking and then have them be confident enough in what they're saying to crash course you know, some guy on the telephone on it yeah. to try and action this. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a nightmare. It's a literal nightmare. Um, it's an opaque box that people are affected by, but they can't understand, and they have no recourse against, uh, which I, I don't know what fancy term for living nightmare you would want to apply to that, but that's what we're in why you why kiwi why care why why does cogent care um i don't know my current i i've never here's a here's a fun way to to summarize that i have never received direct communication from cogent i have no idea what they're angry about i have no idea what they want taken down sometimes i get passed along a complaint and one of the things that they were really really hammering on 
is that, uh, and to be clear, these people are not complaining. It is a third party complaining on their behalf. Say, these are nude images. This is revenge pornography. Okay. So uh, that showed up a lot, even though it was not, it, it wasn't even with the permission of the people involved. Some of those people were like, I don't want to be involved in this. Why are you advertising that my nudes are on this page? I don't want that. So it was, it was without their permission in, in regards to this. But I went ahead and I built a tool to censor all this and just says on these posts now, this is censored. Didn't affect it. Cogent is still after the site. They still won't communicate what they want taken down. Their emails, um, I posted this on, on Zitter, but I'll read you their email. You are being contacted and requesting to remove KiwiFarms.net, KiwiFarms.st, and any other KiwiFarms domains and subdomains off of Cogent Network by tomorrow, December 15th, 5 p.m. Due to AUP violations, if you do not remove the offending domains as requested, we will take immediate action to address this. This action can include, but not limited to, applying a null route to the IP address, account suspension, or terminations regarding Cogent abuse. That's it. There's no link. There's no paragraph five of the yeah. AUP. It's just, fuck you. That's what it is. What's a null route? A null route is, um, so this is so technical, even I get this fucked up. Yeah. Uh, I believe there are several kinds of things. It, it can be where there's one instance where a provider will refuse to route a request. They will say, we can't find a route to that IP address. But there's another kind of block, which I think is the null route, where it lies. Yeah. It says, actually, there is no route to this IP address possible. And in that case, even if there are multiple ways to connect from your ISP, it will hear Cogent say, there is no possible route to this. And because it's possibly the shortest route, it'll listen to that only and then say you can't connect, even if you could theoretically connect. Um, so I, I, I'm not entirely, I think null routing is the one where they just lie and they intentionally obstruct network traffic. Okay. So why, but why Kiwi Farms? Why, why is Kiwi Farms such hot potato? There is a former Google employee who is legally named Liz Fong Jones. Liz Fong Jones is now the chief technology officer of a San Francisco startup company called Honeycomb, which does work with a lot of big companies like uh, CCP Games, Behavior Games, uh, Vanguard. It's a big list of companies that have millions of dollars at their disposal. Yeah. Um, Liz is personally a millionaire because they bought Google stock when they started working at Google and sold it when they left. And that was a lot of money. Um, Liz is a known busybody. Anybody who worked with Liz at Google will tell you that Liz was actively involved in all the uh, internal LGBTQIP plus uh, advocacy groups and was just looking for problems. They were looking for people to complain about, looking for things to complain about, looking for people to ruin and get fired. They were just somebody that you had to stay out of their way. Sure. Um, Liz, during 2022, I want to say, made a tweet uh, announcing that not only were they accused of rape, they were had been getting accused of rape for eight years. I cannot find this original accusation, uh, so I don't know the details of it. But Liz Fong Jones explains that this rape that he was accused of was not a rape but a mere consent accident. So oh. if you ever hear the term consent accident, uh, this is where it comes from. It is a meme that has spurred on because of Liz Fung Jones. Uh, Liz Fung Jones explains that uh, at the time, while working for Google, I believe, uh, Liz was also a hardcore BDSM dominatrix. Okay. And uh, mood landed on the side. So when they took business trips to different countries, they would also hook up with the kink community 
and take money for uh, sodomizing people, basically, in, in BDSM. One of their customers had buyer's regret, apparently, and accused him of rape. And the way that Liz tells the story is that this person had PTSD due to dogs and um, is, was so afraid of dogs that any kind of dog, anything, would give them a episode. So Liz owns a Samoyed. I don't know how, if that's how you pronounce that. Those little white dogs. Yeah. Um, and uh, after having a rousing, successful uh, outing as a BDSM dominatrix with this person, uh, apparently after they were done and everyone was happy with the service provided, this person noticed that Liz had a little white dog hair on his BDSM dominatrix outfit and then retroactively revoked consent and said, you raped me because you had dog hair on you and you know, I hate dogs. Okay. That's how Liz tells the story. Okay. I'll never know what the original story is because Liz being someone incredibly powerful technocratic with millions of dollars at the disposal, uh, has somehow managed to just get rid of all this accusation. Okay. Can't find it anywhere. Uh, I have a vague idea of who it might be, but I've not confirmed it. Okay. It's just gone. So we'll never know. But the, the shadows of that and, and, uh, just, some of the evidence is hosted on Kiwi Farms, and so Kiwi Farms is a liability to Liz? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Basically. There's another incident, too. Um, they actually started messaging us or being involved with us years before um, they started actively trying – well, act before they got involved with um, seriously trying to deplatform us. Um, Liz first introduced themselves in, like, 2016, 2017, because at the time, uh, users on the farm had taken interest in something called Trans Lifeline. Hmm. It was a very simple charity organization. They offered uh, supposedly um, suicide prevention, specifically targeting trans people. So if you had a crisis and you needed someone to talk to, Trans Lifeline would be there to pick up the phone and lend a sympathetic ear. They collected tons of money for this. They got advertised by big celebrities. Um, and hmm. we believed that the uh, founders, Greta Gustava and Nina Chabul, were inuring money. They were sealing charity funds and enriching themselves with the money. Uh -huh. We had collected some evidence of this. Uh, in particular, how they would keep going, they would travel around the country constantly and go out to very expensive restaurants and then post about it, openly gloating about how lavish their lifestyle was. Yeah. Liz got involved, tried to take us down, um, emailed from their lizf at google.com corporate email address to my provider saying, this is a terrorism website. You have to take this down. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, so somehow the ball did not get rolling with that, but that was very scary for people because you're a small tech company and suddenly Google, Google was emailing you saying, Hey, why do you host this? You know, that's yeah. scary for a small company. Um, cause your business depends on Google prevalence and stuff. And surprise, if you search Kiwi farms on Google, you'll not find our website. But if you go to Bing and type in Kiwi farms, you will find it. Fun yeah. fact. Um, so what happened with that is we endured Liz, mostly ignored him, found out that his, uh, life partner was trans snake and would dress up in tight fitting clothes with no arms and would walk around being held by Liz on a leash and he'd be like, I'm a snake. I'm a snake and a snake woman. I'm a snakey snake woman. And, you, and you're not making this up. No, that's real. <laughs> I can get you pictures if you want. <laughs> yeah, the pictures are out there. I just want to let the audience know. Oh, yeah. The pictures are out there. That's the problem. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm a serious tech professional. Why are you married to a snake then? <laughs> um, so what happened? Here's, the, here's how that wrapped up. Trans life. We were right. 
the they fired. What happened is that eventually Buck Angel, who's a female to male uh, porn star, who's uh, I mean, you can go look it up yourself. It's it's pretty uh, interesting. Uh, Buck Angel heard about this and said, "Hey, wait a second. And which is really funny because the female to males hate the the male to fe- the or the other way around. The male to females hate the female to male transgenders because they pass better. Yeah. Uh, so ironically, Buck Angel comes out and says, "We want accountability." And they got accountability. Nina and Chabul were dismissed for stealing money. And they filed under penalty of perjury with the IRS that under Nina and Chabul, $340,000 were stolen from charity funds and spent um, yeah. outside of the, the concept of the of the charity. Yeah. So we were right. And it looks really bad for Liz to, number one, be accused of rape, and number two, to have been actively involved in helping cover up charity fraud. And that's why he wants the site taken down. And because he has connections with basically everybody in tech because he was high up at Google and is now high up in this other Silicon Valley startup company, uh, he's using his power and influence to destroy or try to destroy a small website of a couple thousand people. Yeah. Is there there stuff that's too... uh... I mean, I don't even want to ask the question because it's it's, uh, it's something that I don't necessarily want answered in um, specific detail. But um, I mean, if if he started, if somebody started posting uh, evidence of like major corruption on like a federal level on your site, that would you know lead to you know maybe somebody doing get, getting suicided in the back of the head for hosting that stuff. Is the, is there like lines where you're like, I don't want to have anything to do with you know, Epstein-ish kind of conspiracy theory stuff. Um, or is anything I mean, goes and you just kind of, you just kind of let it go and let the chips we've fall. We've never had to deal with government stuff. Cause usually with the government, I think real journalists are like very open to that kind of stuff. Okay. It's mostly with the, the, with issues of huh. culture, pop yeah. culture that we kind of thrive in. Cause journalists don't want to talk. I was raped by a high up Google CEO person, you know, or, um, it was like a site reliability engineer. I think is what it was. It's like they don't care about that. But corruption, they'll they'll that makes your career. If you break a story about government corruption, you know you're the next Watergate. You know your yeah. your paper is a national name, so they'll cover that. The one thing that is in in a, an area that I wish I could help out more in is people have a great interest in, in exposing pedophiles. And because of the nature of those kinds of things, I have to be abundantly careful and yeah. I have to be like, you know, don't seek this out. Um, and I, instead, this is one of the few instances where I'll say like, look, and there's not like actual local content attached to a pedophile. Like if this person is insane and out there in a public, if they're a public figure and they're a pedophile, I'll blast them all day. But if it's just like some weird group of pedophiles, I'm like, here's the FBI link. Here's the national center for missing and exploited children. Here's how you file a competent complaint to a responsible agency. That mm. kind of thing I, I I try to stay away from because okay. it's, it's just not my, it's just not, it's not funny. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And and so ultimately it is a forum and you are the moderator. So even though you have a, a wide leash, it's, there's still a topical moderation uh, principle yeah. in play. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the main thing. And this is, um, it's kind of like an Ouroboros of, of logic because when I'm trying to, mm. yes, there is yeah. uh, some moderation. But the moderation exists to keep the threads on topic because there's something that has been called a heckler's veto where someone will enter a thread and then disrupt the thread and make the thread inviolable as a place to have a conversation about what it's for. So that kind of disruption, even though it is technically free speech for someone to go in and voice their complaints, 
if they do it in such a way that it's so disruptive and it actually derails the thread and makes it kind of pointless, then I'll say like, look, you're, you're off topic basically. Yeah. Is there, um, is there technology that would make it, um, impossible to destroy or are there technological solutions to the problems of you having to just unplug and plug in and unplug and plug in and unplug and plug in like uh, Tor? Sort of cr- Tor? Is that what you said? Tor. Yeah. Tor. Yes. But the it needs onion, to be widely adopted, right? Yeah, Tor, unfortunately, um, because of its use by criminals, has an extremely negative reputation. Um, people see it as like a, a way to access, you know, it's a, a gateway to drugs or, you know, illicit pornography or, and stuff like that. So yeah. uh, it has an extremely poor reputation. Um, but w- when we go down on ClearNet, we're still up on Tor, and we'll still see, you know, about 700 to 1,000 people sometimes willing to open up a special browser, wait 30 seconds to connect to the Tor network, and then wait another 30 seconds to establish a circuit with the Kiwi Farms because okay. they're just not going to they're not going to give up on the site. As long as I don't give up, they're not going to give up. Huh. Where where do you see Kiwi Farms going? Is it is it just it is what it is? Does it develop? Has um, it developed? Well, unfortunately, because of the downtime, we've seen a stunt in growth, but it was for a while, it was doubling in size every year. And if we had been left to our own devices, it would probably be a pretty large site by now. Um, I, as soon as the site's stable, we will start to grow again, because even though, you know, things are better with X being more open, there's still a demand to talk about people and have organized discussion that you can't really have on X where it's just like spewed nonsense everywhere that can be deleted at any time, no archives. Um, that kind of stuff. What I would like to do this year is I am intent. I am determined to open a charity and I've already said, said it on a name. It's going to be called the United States internet preservation society. USIPS huh. is how I would call it. And, uh, I'm going to get all the network in- infrastructure. I'm going to connect to every ISP in the world, except cogent. And <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to find a way to provide hosting services that I have trouble with. And uh, depending on how much money I can get people to donate to this, and it will be a registered charity, so it will be tax deductible. Yeah. Um, I'll set up a start with the cheapest thing, which would be a domain name server. I would like to make a little Cloudflare competitor type thing that has like a bot screening shield and DDoS mitigation. Um, and then maybe eventually get like a domain registrar thing set up. And I would like to make it so that uh, the kind of thing that I go through, nobody ever has to go through again. Yeah, And I think that's the other reason why they're really, really, really dead set on taking me down because they know it's kind of, there's that scene in Jurassic Park where they're climbing down a tree and the Jeep is breaking all the branches down. I just got to, I'm going to break every branch until I find one that doesn't break. Mm. And then once I find the branch that doesn't break, I'm going to tell everybody, I'm going to say, this mm. is the domain registrar. This is your domain name servers. Uh, this is your, your host. And this is how you stay up online. And I, once that happens, I hope people will will take advantage of it and they will make a a better internet again that we haven't seen in a long time. Um, And I think that they know that because I've said as much that I intend to do this. And they know if if I am allowed to do what I'm going to do, if I'm not somehow driven out, completely routed out by then, um, then it'll never, it'll, it'll be a much more difficult prospect to take to put the genie back in the bottle. Yeah. And by better internet, it's not like it. What do you mean by better internet? 
Um, one it's going to be scary. It's the scary internet, right? It's it's internet of people um, posting there's, there's, mean, I mean things about each other and uh, you know accumulating <laughs> data on each other, right? I mean, it's 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 the more I mean, if of that's a wild scary, west, the yeah. internet we have right now is scary. Yeah. It's just that it is select few people. It, it, it's um, it's DNA registry companies. You know, your ancestry selling your genetic material to China for machine learning evaluation. Huh. You know, the, the the people complain about doxing, but they don't complain about how your data is for sale and how these the companies that sell that are used to dox people are buying your information from um from you know whoever sells it. Yeah. They don't have any issue with that because to fix that, they would have to petition Congress and get Congress to restrict these technocrat companies that they'll never, ever act on. So they go after people talking about it yeah. as opposed to the, the root societal causes that enable people to, to find your house with just your first and last name and a date of birth, you know? Mm -hmm. Do you, oh. are there people on your side? No. Like, like high up? No. You think? Even Nobody. covertly, if there are, they're a secret. Um, secret. Yeah, yeah. There, I have a couple people who I would call mid or maybe high mid. But as far as like, do I have like a direct connection to Elon Musk? And yeah. I pick up. I have a special red phone in my my house that only connects to Elon Musk, <laughs> and Musk sometimes phone. it rings. No, yeah, it's no. It's uh, people are afraid of me. I'm. Would you more accept toxic that? Would you Alex Jones? Yeah. Would you accept uh, Elon on your side? Oh fuck yeah, I would. Yeah. I will accept literally anybody. I don't yeah. care. I will if Kim Jong Un wants to host Kiwi Farms and will be Kiwi Farms at KP <laughs> for the People's Republic of Korea. Oh fuck yeah, instantly. Well, I mean, the only issue with with I say that as a joke, uh, kind of send me seriously is that with Russia, I have to be very careful with Syria, Cuba, Russia, Iran, and North Korea because they're sanctioned by the State Department. But uh -huh. Elon Musk, for sure. If Elon Musk calls me, I can tell him. Good people in basically every country in the world. This data center is good. This data center is good. This data center is good. This guy in Canada is good. Uh, this ISP is good. Avoid this one. I can give him a map of everyone who is freedom loving yeah. uh, in one day. I have it all mapped out already. Yeah. Isn't that kind of like a something valuable that you could like knock on his door with it, and say, if, if he is really I mean, for maybe, free I have, speech, um, right? If you have the site open, uh, just scroll down to forum discussion. And then you'll see it near the top, it's pinned. Um, it's Null's tier list for internet service. And if you look at that, um, I've detailed a lot of the experiences that I've had, not all of them, because um, I have to keep some things close to heart, you know. But yeah. uh, I have, uh, I am actively remember trying to actively record who has been fair to us and who has not. Yeah. Um, with the aspiration that one day, if I do get contacted by somebody high up who is like, I'm doing this thing, I want to make sure I don't have any issues, who do I go with? I want to put a data center in Europe, who do I talk to? That I have um, not not just disparaging people like Cogent, who should be avoided in PATH, who should be avoided at all costs, but also sure. you know, pro bringing up people who ha have tried to help, even if they couldn't because of uh, other circumstances. Why James 4-7? What? At the bottom of Kiwi Farms, it says James 4-7. Oh, um, if you look is, that uh, up, it's a Submit quote. yourself then to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. I am a big fan of any quotation that's like, never give up. Like the Winston Churchill quote, says, never give up, never submit to, to violent force. I love any kind of, of inspirational message that's like, um, it, as long as... as, long as you don't stop trying 
you are capable of winning. It's only when you actually give up that you uh, are completely com- you are completely beaten. Only only when you decide that you are, you know. Until that point, you're always you're always able to fight more. Um, there's kind of a a quadrant that I draw where it, there's uh, two axes. One is, do you believe that you're fucked? And if you are actually fucked. Okay. And, and the way that this goes is that if you believe that you're fucked and you're fucked, well, then you're already fucked. Yeah. Don't worry about it. If you uh, believe that you're not fucked, but you're fucked, then you're fucked. If you believe that you are fucked, but you're not fucked, then you're fucked anyways because you gave up. Yeah. So the only logical solution, regardless of what the reality is, is to be optimistic and to say, I'm going to continue forward no matter what, because that is the only possible way that you could ever win. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes is sense. That, is, that, is that nonsense, schizophrenic? No, it, <laughs> you know, it's great. It, it's, uh, it's hopeful. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I try, to, I, try to be, I try to be a positive poly, because nobody likes negative Nancy. You're negative Nancy. <laughs> n- um, there's another great quote from the movie Old Boy. Um, it's in the, uh, the, the, the painting of, the, um, the, uh, of Jesus in the, the motel room that he's in, and it goes along the lines of, in English, uh, laugh and the world laughs with you, cry and you cry alone. Nobody wants to be on the loser's team. You have to always be uh, optimistic and make light of your situation because that's truly the only kind of person that people want to be around. Mm-hmm. Are Do you host uh, – I mean, so we got Kiwi Farms. So we're going to plug that. But do you have, like, something that you do on your own, uh, like a podcast, a regular kind I, I do of a thing, podcast. Um, yeah. My site's actually down right now. It's called Man of the Internet, but it is on Rumble. Um, I try to keep the RSS feed – uh, up uh, or mati.live mattheinternet.com um, I'm gonna have to I think that it's down because of the provider getting DDoS attacked I don't know I'm gonna have to look into that um, I have I have an order of operations that when uh, shit hits the fan I have to go back and fix this and then with <laughs> that up I fix this and then I fix this and I fix this it's like you're you're just you're in your bunker like in the Alamo it's <laughs> always like crisis mode I. Yeah, kind of. I mean, it always. I always wake up and there's another email, and it just says, you know, sorry, we received this complaint saying that you're a terrorist and you kill people. So, like, yeah, with we, words, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we have to. And then some. You know, sometimes I get people who are really sympathetic, and they say, you know, I'm sorry, but our provider is under cogent. We don't have a choice. Um, sometimes they're really snobby about it, and so mm. on. But so, you know. There are people out there who recognize the injustice. Like right now, I, what I did is uh, I was plugging in random hosts all over the place. I actually mapped out, there's a, there's a website called bgp.tools. And I was looking at providers that have DDoS protection that I haven't tried before. And I was literally just trying every one. And then, of course, it's like plugging in a fuse. And that one blows. You pull that out, you plug in another one. That one blows. You pull out and plug in another one. That one blows. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I'm up with two right now. One's in Moldova. The, the main provider and the other ones in Romania. And I plugged them in not expecting them to last a couple hours like everything else does. And it lasted days. Huh. And I just have to, I have to get a stopgap because without saying too much, I have a plan. I have a, a long-term strategy and I just have to, to stick with it for a mm-hmm. couple months because then I'm, I get to show my hand and it will be very funny. <laughs> <laughs> So I just, I'm literally just trying to get a stopgap. And I, I tell people this, I'm their provider. I say, I just need, I need four months. 
give me four months and I, 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 uh, I just need time. So everything I'm doing is just I'm buying time and uh, talking to people and trying to network a little bit. Right now I'm trying to, I'm yeah. doing interviews and stuff because it's like yeah. um, I have to, my, my ability to scream and be heard is limited. I have to scream in more places. So if somebody wants to join the total retard army, um, what's, what, are, <laughs> what are the dues and how do they sign up? Where do they go? Where's the recruiting office? Uh, we're still permitted on Telegram, thankfully. So if you're on Telegram, it's t.me slash Kiwi Farms. On uh, Twitter, it is uh, xjosh, like x is in the platform name, josh, J-O-S-H. Uh, and then you can just go to kiwifarms.net, and that will currently redirect you to whatever domain that we're on right now. Yeah. Um, in general, what we're doing right now, uh, because I sat down and I thought about this for a while, and I realized, you know, it's actually a really beautiful thing what Dave Schaefer is doing for Cogent <laughs> and for the Internet as a whole. Dave Schaefer is a billionaire with a billion, multi-billion dollar company, one of the most important ISPs in the entire world, has decided that he personally and his abuse team are willing to moderate the internet and keep bad things off the internet. Hmm. So if you have the technical know-how to identify if Cogent is uh, hosting a specific website, uh, they have opened the doors to you letting them know that there's an AUP violation out there on the internet. So if you happen to be somebody... Uh, who knows of content and you can identify that it's under cogent, uh, not not even directly. If it's a customer of a customer, they're happy to action that. You can send an ab abuse complaint about any website you you don't you don't like, um, and you can help them enforce their AUP. Um, and I've written exam I've showed examples from Liz Fong Jones and other people who have submitted successful complaints that got action from cogent as a template of what your complaint could look like to maybe see similar results uh, in your efforts to help them enforce their AUP. And my hope, uh, by the way, here's a fun fact. Cogent is one of the few companies that does this. If they receive a complaint and they feel that they forward it to you, uh, they charge you $20. <laughs> uh, wait, regardless. What? Yeah, if, you, if, they, if you, they get a complaint and they actually forward it to you, regardless of if it's an actual violation or if you do anything about it, uh, it's $20 on your bill. Okay. So every complaint, yeah, any complaint that you can convince Cogent to send to that provider, $20. $20 for an email. Interesting. I don't know. It's just weird to me that their terms of service are like that. So I don't That's know. Odd. If you happen to see any content that you think violates uh, Cogent's AUP, uh, there's links to the AUP, links to how you can submit What's an complaint. AUP? Just for acceptable use policy. Okay. Sort of like terms of service, but they call it an AUP in the business. And that, that will certainly be uh, applied evenly across the board. They're not going to, of course, of course, weigh one thing. Um, if, I mean, there's no, there's no, it's free to, it's free to ask if you got, especially if you have an email, that's like a real email from like a company and you have, I don't know, somebody, you know, you, you have a business, uh, competitor, <laughs> Who's under cogent, and you think mm. that they're doing things that's against their AUP? You can always, you can always just shoot your shot. What happens? You miss somebody reads your email at cogent and deletes it. Mm, that's too bad. Huh. You know, because I'm mean, Dave Schaefer's been very, very clear to me through his actions that he wants to help you make a cleaner, safer internet for everybody. And I think that's beautiful. Brings it <laughs> to my eye. <laughs> Josh Moon, um, is there anything you do when you're not doing this? What brings you joy? 
um people complaining about me is pretty funny i did oh, I, really? I, I genuinely enjoy what i do if i didn't enjoy it i wouldn't do it yeah. if it was miserable yeah. i wouldn't do it i have a lot of fun doing it yeah. I, I kind of there's a, a sadistic pleasure that i see when i open up and i realize that everything's broken all over again it makes me laugh um <laughs> but if i'm if i'm if i have time to kill i uh i do enjoy programming like as a as a hobby and usually what i program ends up going to the site but sometimes if i do find myself in a period of boredom i um I will code systems for video games that never get completed. Like uh, I was interested in a while in Unity, and I was developing a uh, sort of like an atmospheric simulator that would exchange. Uh, it was like tile based, and it would exchange gas between tiles based hmm. on things like uh, heat um, and heat capacity and and velocity. It was just like a little physics simulator, but it was fascinating because it was multi-threaded and um, that that kind of multi-threading a game and complex systems in a game is like a novel thing that they're just starting to do because of mobile phones. Mobile phones have very slow processors, but usually many threads. Yeah. Um, so modern mobile games are often multi-threaded, and it's very complicated to make something multi-threaded because of how memory works. So it's it's an interesting field. I uh, I enjoy programming. So. Huh. Because of the problem-solving aspect <laughs> of it, the creativity yes. meeting, uh, like some yeah. technical. Um, I, 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 even when I was a kid, you know, I was, I would stay interested in things that, um, hmm. were novel or things that were complex that required problems. And mm -hmm. the Kiwi farms is, is truly a, uh, blue water novel contemporary problem that I can yeah. take as many passes at fixing as I want. Uh, cause it's not, that's the, that's the funniest thing is that buying a VPS is $20, you know? And I can do it with cryptocurrency and um, it's not illegal. I can go to a website and buy a VPS and set it up and my website's not illegal and doing that's not illegal. And I can just do that over and over again forever. Yeah. And if, if somebody wanted to support you, how do you, how do you get support or what, what, what kind of support is good? Uh, it's just cryptocurrency. Basically. Just if you want to support the forum, yeah. um, the, actually, um, just recently, I was able to set up because uh, one of the things that got taken down last year was my LLC. They sent in a complaint that I was associated with Russia and my registered agent resigned because of an executive order saying that registered agents can't help Russians incorporate. Total <laughs> bullshit. But um, I managed to reincorporate. <laughs> yeah, I managed to reincorporate in West Virginia. And because of very specific, interesting laws in West Virginia only, I can designate the secretary of state for West Virginia as my registered agent. So he can't resign. He's stuck. <laughs> um, so instead of that, I have a PO box, which I, cause it's a government entity. They can't take, they can't kick me out of the, the post office because I'm a U.S. citizen. I have a right. Mm. Uh, and the secretary of state can't deny me service cause I'm a citizen. I have a right. So I just have someone collect um, money orders and stuff from that, that PO box once a week. And uh, he uses like a phone check scammer scanner to deposit it. So uh, cryptocurrency. And if you're old fashioned, you can just mail me a check <laughs> and I'll deposit that. Weird. You're really kind of like yeah. an outlaw. You're living in an outlaw. Yeah, I'm not, uh, that's the, that's the crazy thing. That's the, the maddening thing is that I'm not an outlaw. It feels like it. It feels like I'm trying to sell organs, but I'm not. I'm 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 trying to to farm kiwis. I'm trying to talk. I'm literally trying to talk about a retarded man who shits himself. That's all I'm trying to do. Um, and everyone is getting in my way, and it's 
frustrating. Um, but like I said, it's a lot of fun. Realizing that I have to figure out what to do with an LLC and then searching the laws of every state in the country and considering incorporating with a tribe in North Dakota to get access to the only. Here's a fun fact that I found out doing insane research. Uh, the North Dakota is the only state in the entire country that has a government ran bank. The Bank of North Dakota is the only government bank in the entire country, including the Federal Reserve. It's the only one. OK, so. I was considering incorporating with the tribes up in North Dakota so I could have access to the, the Bank of North Dakota, which is a government-ran bank that they can't kick me out of. And uh, your decision? My decision was to go to West Virginia because of the Secretary of State issue. The underlying okay. issue with um, North Dakota was that I would still need a, a person to be the, the, the front of the company. Yeah. And I couldn't find anyone who was willing to you know, get shot at by trainees. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Is there is there like just roaming brand uh, bands of troons in North Dakota? Well, I mentioned that they're um, the, the Trans Lifeline. Uh, the founders that were eventually found um, to be thieves that stole three hundred forty thousand dollars, if I remember correctly, of charity money, actually visited my mom's house and then posted pictures of them shooting at the range in Pensacola. Are you huh. Yeah, for sure, they showed up. I was in the bathroom at the time, so they said I hid, but like they literally waited for us to come back from dinner. Yeah. And then showed up at the house, and when I was in the bathroom, they knocked, and my mom closed the door on them. But yeah, they tried to intimidate us physically. You have some dedicated haters. Oh, for sure, because they, they it, it's on the it's on the site. All the shit that they do is on the site, and it makes them it, it in the same way that they prevent me from having access to certain things. I am a roadblock in their way. Yeah, I'm, it's it's really damaging to your company when. Uh, business partners can find out that you were accused of rape and help a charity hide the fact they stole money, you know? Yeah. Uh, so I, I, uh, I am a, in the, you know, as much as I want to explain my, my, my status as someone who's been victimized by this nonsense, uh, they're, they're equally held back because of the totality of their mistakes that are documented on the site. That's mm -hmm. their personal mm -hmm. investment. What, what's your favorite thread? If if you if some normie wanted one thread, the essential Kiwi Farms thread, what what would you recommend? Um, right now, I usually I don't have an answer for this, but I do have one right now. <laughs> He's a guy named Boss Man Jack. I love Boss Man Jack. He's in uh, Virginia. He is chronically addicted to gambling, and he goes on to a, a casino, and he smokes a blunt, and he starts putting his money into these dumb dumb internet slot machines and he every day he loses it <laughs> he loses his shit he punches holes in his wall and yells at his mom and dad and i mean he's he's a really terrible person like at heart but he's also incredibly funny and the huh. things he says are just like when he gets like when people troll him in his chat he just goes off on these huge tirades about having sex with their mom for like minutes at a time he'll go on and on about how he had sex with this random guy's mom and he's just really really funny and but he's kind of divisive because you know gambling is an addiction it's a, it's a mental health issue so if you know gamblers you might not find it so funny because you can see um you know the the underlying causes but I don't know. I just he's just he's such such a performative person that it's hard to, it's hard to hate him for the bad things he does. Yeah. And it's it's hard to um to solely, you know, like it's it's hard to feel right bad about. for him too cuz yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
So yeah, very, very interesting guy. Very funny. Um, people take him ranting and remix it into music and stuff. That's my favorite stuff. I love it when the community <laughs> draws art and makes fan remixes and, and does crazy stuff that like honor somebody who's like a total weirdo. I did, um, for instance, have you ever seen my coins? No. I'll show you this. Here's a prime example of how the internet is an insane place. And my browser is choking. I can do this, I think. Uh, Christian Silver Coin. So this guy fucked his mom. But before he fucked his mom, I asked him permission uh, to do a Silver Coin run. Um, I took Chris Christian Weston Chandler's visage, and I paid a man in Indonesia, actually first on the forum, to take this and make it into a vector graphic. Then I paid a man in Indonesia to carve his visage and our great seal, the Kiwi Farms, uh, into a brass die. And then I spent $70,000 on silver. And um, I had them strike thousands of these coins, and I sold them to people. I sold pictures of a man who fucked his mother before it happened, to be clear. Um, and now there are, th I, I have 20 of them myself, but there are thousands of these silver coins with the Kiwi Farms on one side and Chris Chan on the other side. Wow. Uh, that's an example of true art and well, true legal insanity. tender almost if you, if you had uh, some sort it, of uh, it's, fiat. It's four nines pure silver. That's better than, I'm going to say that is a, a uh, what they call a, um, a mirror finish. You can see yourself in the coin that, that requires four nines. Uh, three nines will not reflect like that. So this is a collector quality pure silver as good as it gets hmm. um for for those silver aficionados people are asking me to make another one i don't know who i would put on the other ones kiwi farms uh kiwi what's a kiwi i should have put that at the beginning i should ask you what's a beginning. kiwi yeah it's what do you mean kiwi yeah it's a bird but what is the significance the spiritual uh, do you not know do you really not know this the, the origin of the name yeah i really don't know it so I mentioned that when we were about Kristen Weston Chandler, um, who was on the Quickie, uh, Quickie's how you pronounce C-W-C-K-I. Okay. A lot of people, when they see that C-W-C-K-I, don't know how to pronounce that word. So they would stumble and they would try to find some way to pronounce it. And one of my favorites was uh, a particularly mushmouthed person who would call us the Kiwi Farms trying to pronounce it. And since we were branching away from Chris anyways, I thought, what a wonderful name for a new site. <laughs> so we rebranded huh. formally based off this person's inability to pronounce our name Quickie. Uh, to the Kiwi Farms. Kiwi Farms. Farm and Kiwis. Josh, you're doing a tremendous service to humanity. And at, at the heart of, of the work that you do is like a, it's an anthropological a human interest archive of just the weirdness the, in the hearts of man, you know, like the, it, it does, it, it's entertainment. It's uh it's spicy stuff. It's hot potato might even be toxic to some people. Uh, I mean, certainly it's, it's a, it's problematic in your life, but it, it's got like this beating core of interest in, in just the complexity of the human condition. Uh, yeah, I agree. I think that um, as much as people want to snub their nose at, people like Jerry Springer and Mari Povich and yeah. uh, Dr. Phil and those types of people who like to parade human misery around. Everyone knows it. <laughs> Everyone to an agree is at, at heart. It's a vice. They love to shit talk. They love to talk about people in their family. Yeah. They love, uh, they love drama because that's a part of, of being alive. 
you know, yeah. is, is is talking about other people and what they're up to. Um, and my 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 position has always been this: that with the internet, um, you know, people can make a lot of money being just a celebrity, just doing YouTube videos and stuff. Yeah. And when you do that, you open yourself up. The reason why that kind of money is there is because there's a downside to that and that's when when you collect money from a ton of people who watch your stuff you open yourself up to the public and the criticisms of the public and the meanness and nastiness of the public sometimes um and that's just the natural downside of it and you can't you can't make millions of dollars off of youtube videos and then complain that people say mean things about you because that's mm -hmm. why why that's part of the job mm -hmm. Is, is entering public description. And it used to be that the people who were celebrities were like movie stars and stuff, and they got paid a lot of money for what they did. Uh, but now, you know, everyone wants to be famous. <laughs> so we have very, very minor celebrities that only make a couple thousand dollars, and then they're a yeah. handful of haters, you know? And it's like a yeah. microcosm of, of that um, paparazzi stuff that used to exist and probably yeah. still does. Yeah. Do, do you, uh, are you, do you take kindly to being a public figure insofar as you are? Well, I'm not. It's it's very weird. I'm a public figure, maybe. For legal reasons, I would deny being a public figure. However, <laughs> <laughs> however, if I were a public figure, if we were to assume uh, for the sake of argument that I was, um, I'm a public figure nobody can talk about. It's very strange because if you talk about me, you either have to you have to say it like Hitler. You know, well, Hitler did make the Autobahn. I want to make it clear, Hitler, terrible guy, <laughs> terrible things, but he did make the Autobahn. It's like Joshua Moon. Let me say this: Kiwi Farms, worst place on the internet, should be taken down. Let's be clear. But Josh did say this and was pretty convincing. You know, mm. it's like it's, you have to apologize for yeah. mentioning me in polite yeah. company, uh, which yeah. is interesting because yeah. I am just some fucking guy. Yeah, with a website. Last guy with a website, yeah. internet Basically. outlaw, Josh Moon. <laughs> uh, something like that. I don't know. I'm, 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 I'm cautiously optimistic moving forward. I'm hoping, because I think a lot of people, because I don't do many things where I talk to people. Mm -hmm. um, I think open, doing my podcast was a, one of the best things I ever did. Because I, when I write, and I'm aware of this now, um, I sound like the biggest asshole to ever exist. There's something about my writing style that is so caustic, so um, un unfiltered and mean-spirited that people just assume I am the worst person to ever live. <laughs> and then you, you hear me talk about stuff and you realize that I am um, – I, yeah. I sound weird. I sound very inoffensive. I, I People say that I'm well-spoken and I'm not – I'm, I'm care sometimes I can even be careful about what I say to people. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's, it's a it's almost hard. There was a conspiracy theory for a while that I was two different people. There was the podcast me and then there was the, the uh, for me because yeah. it is a such a thing. So I'm hoping that in talking to more people, um, this this fear that I believe may exist, that I'm just some kind of like feral, unsocialized <laughs> human, human dog hybrid that can't be trusted will abate a little bit. And there will be a sense that if I tell this guy that I know something about Cogent or um, some other person involved and I have like a tip, they will not be afraid that I will immediately like turn on them. 
you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And, and like mm-hmm. post emails and stuff. So I think there is a, a fear with that where you can't tell me like these companies. I'm always so grateful when companies tell me what's happening because I never know. I never know what's going on. And then one of them takes a risk and says, it's this data center and they're being compelled by cogent. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, thank God. I know what the fuck is happening for once, you mm-hmm. know, and yeah. I'd love to see more of that. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, well, I'm grateful to be part of your public relations tour. Thank you. I yeah, appreciate sure. it very much. Hopefully, hopefully. I appreciate I, you taking the risk because I know uh, sure. some people have been asking you and it's always, I guess, a little bit spooky. Did you feel spooked? Did you feel like I would be a monster, an insane person? No, the no, I'm not, no? I'm not spooked at all. No, I, I, I've, I've heard your voice. I, I, I can gauge somebody's character in a couple minutes of listening to their voice. And we'll, we'll see if coaching comes after my YouTube channel. <laughs> hey, the more the merrier the more people that cogent causes problems for the fewer companies i want to work with them and then finally we can get rid of them and then yeah. i'll be happy yeah yeah well thanks so much for uh giving give me your time uh giving me your evening and uh it's just uh, it's been great to to speak with you uh let me know how i'm gonna i'll put links in the description of all the ways people can uh follow your your work and get connected with you um and is there anything else that you wanted to plug? Oh, uh, no. Uh, I think that was okay. a pretty comprehensive conversation. Yeah. About Boss everything. Man Jack. Boss Man Jack. If you love Gamba Sesh and you want to you wanna risk it for the biscuit, my boy <laughs> Boss Man Jack uh, needs a sponsorship with steak ASAP. <laughs> <laughs> all these characters all in the recording. Uh,